Well, welcome to the King Yah Podcast. As you may have guessed, I am your host, King Yah, a father, activist, and professional speaker. On this podcast, we discuss relationships, criminal justice, news and politics, black history, culture, and domestic violence awareness. If this is your first time being here, I want to say thank you and encourage you to keep listening. Each week, you can expect to hear thought-provoking interviews, as well as personal and relationship tips that will help enhance your life. You will have access to resourceful downloads that you can implement daily to become more productive. Thank you for spending some time with me today. The purpose of this podcast is because everyday people inspire me through their stories of trial and error in life. Now let's jump into your favorite podcast. What better way to share our stories? Uh, we have two very special guests joining us tonight. One of them, uh, Honorable Leninia Kaysen from the City of Champions, will be bringing her on in just a few moments. And so Honorable Judge Joe Brown will also be joining us as well. My name is James Christensen. I'm calling from the Tacoma, Washington area. Just want to make sure you can hear me clearly, okay? Hear you loud and clear. Thanks for giving us a call. I appreciate you. Okay. Um, I'm a... Uh, single custodial dad. I got custody of my daughter when she was seven months old, and I did so without an attorney. I've been congratulations. In Thank you. Um, I, I couldn't afford an attorney, and then I learned how to fight the right way, I believe, and uh, that's the way that worked for me. And I've worked with a couple different uh, fathers' rights advocacy groups, even a non-custodial parent rights advocacy group that helps out women also, just non-custodial parents, because once you're a non-custodial parent, you kind of get crapped on by the system. But I have a unique story where I was crapped on even throughout, you know, litigation, the mother dragging me into court, even though she abandoned my daughter for three, five, and five years, periods of time. But that, um, what I wanted to say was... Um, I've also won in the Court of Appeals. I got my judge reversed. It's, it's a public, it's a case that everybody can see publicly just to give a little credibility to, to what I do. I can, I can drop that later if anybody cares. But um, so I've had custody of my daughter basically her whole life and um, experienced all kinds of stuff in the system. But I've seen all kinds of stuff as a father's rights advocate, a parent's rights advocate, which kind of makes me a child advocate because I want the best interest of children, have relationship with both parents and stuff. So I've worked with over 200 guys who got full custody without an attorney like I did, um, some mothers who've gotten screwed and tried to overcome, you know, be, being screwed like someone who got on drugs and they want to hold that over your head for 10, 20 years and make you go through drug stuff, drug, uh, you know, rehab and AA and stuff over and over and over again and never let you get out of that cycle. <clears throat> so the, the one thing I wanted to say since this was brought up earlier and then I'll get to a quickie question is, I think the problem is I think we got some good laws on the books. We have the Constitution. We have the best interest of the child type of laws and things like that. But the problem, I think, is the culture of the court system. It, almost everybody will agree, at least in the 50s in Mississippi, if you're a black man accused of raping a white woman, you probably weren't going to get a fair trial. And because the judge, the jury, the prosecutor, maybe your own defense attorney might be in the Klan or they're part of the culture of an entirely overwhelmingly racist state at that time on paper you had rights in the constitution maybe in some laws 
But in reality, in the culture of the courtroom, you're fighting against people that will rig the system against you, make a biased ruling. You know, the movie A Time to Kill is a great example. You know, Matthew McConaughey says in there, you know, I, I thought when I became a lawyer, you know, justice would prevail, but the eyes of justice are humanized. So we have humanized interpreting justice or applying the laws. So I think in the same way, to answer your question, and, the, and especially as experience as a father, at first I couldn't see my daughter, then I got temporary visitation, then I had full custody, and I'm still a, considered a monster by the court system, even though I've been taking care of this child without the mother and raising her and proving that dads can do it. There's 2 million single custodial dads out there. But my point is that the, the culture of the family court system is just as anti-father because lawyers are taught, oh, mom gets custody, dad pays child support. Or there's plenty of radical feminists that are in the system or that do seminars or, you know, just the entire culture. You see images in Hollywood that train people's minds to think, just like at least in the 70s, I remember as a kid, 70s and 80s, all the bad people or the, or the robbers, the rapists in TVs and movies were often depicted as black people or Hispanics. Well, you see movies and cartoons and TV where dad is the dumb guy sitting on the couch watching sports, drinking beer, and he doesn't do anything or contribute to the family. So everybody grows up with that image. So I think we're dealing with the culture of the court system. That's the, that's the biggest problem. Because if you look at the laws, you think, oh, the best interest of the child, relationship with the parents, who can parent. A lot of the laws apply to both parents, and they should be kind of equally involved, but it usually doesn't result that way. So I just wanted to drop that little answer based on my 20 years of being an advocate, being a father, and seeing the court system and its injustices. But I did want to ask the judge, um, and if you guys ever run out of time and need, need another question, I'll save it for later if you wanted to come back around. But this is my most important one. The, the opposing attorney, as far as maybe – Maybe you can help, maybe you can't. But the opposing attorney in my case, he was so horrific. I did some research on him, and I found out that he had imprisoned 20 different women clients of his own in his own home office. And he used a racial slur against an Asian attorney. And the Bar Association found out about this, had document documents, proof of a lawsuit against this guy. He would lose cases on purpose for women clients. Um, they would go broke and be desperate and be psychologically and emotionally broken down. And then he would offer them to live with him and then work off their bill by working in his home office for free. So it was almost kind of, kind of modern day slave labor. So one lady sued him for malpractice and she won. And she said during discovery through the lawsuit, she found out about 20 other women. I found out, I found a tracked a few of them down and talked to them and they shared their experience with me. I presented all this to the bar association and they wouldn't do anything about the things he did to women, even though there's a lawsuit, there's a finding in the Court of Appeals that he tanked the case. He's sitting in the hallway while his client lost part of his whole tanking the case and making him lose on purpose. The racial slur against the Asian attorney, they privately reprimanded him and said, that's not nice. Please don't use racial slurs anymore. And there's other kinds of abuses out there. After the Bar Association, and I talked to Asian bar associations out here. They didn't care about the racial slur. I talked to women groups. They didn't care about that. Do you know about anywhere on the national level or any other groups of advocacy or power who will do something about this, about an attorney who's way more out of control than even the average abusive, unethical attorney that we hear about? Any lead you can give on trying to hold him accountable because the bar doesn't seem to want to do it and nobody else seems to. Um, that's the only, uh, recourse that you would have, uh, with regard to attorneys and the mission of, you know, the disciplinary commissions 
of any state is to promote and protect the integrity of the legal profession um, at the direction of the Supreme Court um, through education, investigation, um, prosecution, um, and remedial action. And um, so if there was an investigation, if there was an uh, adequate investigation and um, and, and, and the lawyer did all of these things, then at the very um, least he should have been disbarred. Um, so if the Supreme Court uh, of the state where you're at chose not to do that, you know, obviously there was nothing yielded in that investigation or it wasn't compelling enough to render discipline upon that attorney. But, yeah, so the, the short answer is if um, the Attorney Registration and Disciplinary Commission was advised of, um, of, of those um, infractions or, or those instances, um, then they should have taken um, <clears throat> proper action um, with regard to disciplining that attorney. Yeah, and they, they, they have an Office of Disciplinary Counsel at the Bar Association that never got – the Supreme Court doesn't hear it unless an attorney does get disciplined, and what they do is they appeal their discipline to the Supreme Court. That's when it goes actually in front of the court. But, yeah, the one guy on this investigated and recommended just a reprimand for the racial slur. You know, to me, they're, they're a bunch of uh, kind of yuppie, lily-white, old, fogey guys who – don't think it's that big of a deal because that very same bar association was sued by a black woman who claimed sexual and racial sexual harassment, racial discrimination. Her case got dismissed out of the court system. So I think he has some systemic disregard for people of color and women in there already. And here I am some self-represented pro se filing a complaint because the women, actually the Asian woman wouldn't even file a complaint about the attorney because she was a young attorney. He was a veteran been around. And so I filed the complaint and they actually disciplined him. But like I said, which is a private reprimand where you'd probably get fired working for a private organization. So it, it was just kind of crazy. So I, I guess that's the recourse. I exhausted it. And that's probably all I can do, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. With, with regard to that, that lawyer. Yeah. No, yeah. And that actually a hundred, a hundred percent of every attorney I've ever talked to that dealt with him, opposed him or knows of him, they can't believe he's still practicing either, but yeah. none of them file bar complaints. I mean, I've had attorneys say he threatened to assault me in the court hallway and he would call me at three in the morning, demand a discovery and cuss me out, but they wouldn't what file bar complaints. Is this is Washington state, Washington, Washington state. state. That's yeah. horrible. So, yeah. It's just, it, I've I've heard some bad some attorneys getting away with sexual harassment in the office and things like that. This is probably the worst I've ever seen or ever heard of. So, okay, I was just I was just shooting to see if you knew of any national groups that might want to intervene or jump on it. But um, I guess I exhausted my recourse. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you, James. We okay. appreciate the question and the comment. Is this Chester Dean? Can you hear me? Can you? Can you? Hear yes, me? I hear you. I hear you. Thank you, brother. Thank you for calling. How yes, you sir. doing today? I'm doing very well and. Uh, I'm just very elated about the opportunity to just even make a comment and ask a question to Judge Leninia. Is it Kaysen or Kaysen? Yes, Kaysen, C-A-S-O-N. C-A-S-O-N, Kaysen, all right. 
First of all, I'd like to ask the judge, is her coalition still active? Because we here in the city of St. Louis and Metro St. Louis have the Fathers and Family Support Center, as well as my organization, Fathers United to Raise Awareness. And if we could join together and, and have a bi-state effort to bring some, shall we say, equity through the legislation and change some policies, I think it would be more powerful. I agree. So is, is, is our coalition still, uh, Judge Kaysen, is your coalition still active? Yes. Yes. Okay. We, we still, yeah, I still do have a, a coalition of um, mm-hmm. educators and activists um, that are um, interested um, in, in pursuing that, that venture. Um, the one thing that we are lacking um, mm-hmm. in this area, especially in the Metro East area, um, are civil rights attorneys. Um, okay. There really are no civil rights attorneys, and I do applaud uh, St. Louis, their efforts, because they're always on the forefront um, for, uh, of fighting for uh, racial equality, um, fighting against police brutality, um, fighting against social inequities, familial inequities, and there's really not um, an active voice on this side. Um, we've been, okay. we've been, we've been muffled a lot. So it would be refreshing to um, mm-hmm. get with, um, you know, someone from Missouri and merge and, and come up with something that would be fruitful for for the community as, as a whole. Okay. Well, I'm going to um, ask for your email address uh, through Kenya, and would you leave it with him, and I'll send you what I have, and also the number of attorneys that work with Fathers United to raise awareness, and maybe we can begin right there. Okay, that would be great. Okay. Also, uh, Judge Kaysen, are you familiar with Jeffrey Levin out of Chicago? No. Okay. He has a father's rights um, attorney firm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he's still active, but his name is Jeffrey Levin. And uh, anyway, I'm going to look into that and get back to you because I haven't spoke to him in about a year and a half. Okay. And uh, we also, I also partner with an organization called American for Equal Shared Parenting. And I can share that information with you as well. Okay, that'd be great. Okay. Thank you, Chester Deans. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much. So, guys, I just got notification from uh, the Honorable Judge Joe Brown. He will be with us in about 15 minutes. As I stated, he had a prior obligation, but he did commit himself to being on our show tonight. So uh, he will be here. He asked me if I could uh, spare about 15 more minutes, and then he'll be on our show. So if we could uh, man the fort for about 15, 20 minutes. Yes, we we, can do that. (laughs) All right, good, good, good. So at this point, questions, comments, interaction, we're going to have a a family discussion. Is that all right? Can we have a family discussion? Can we just talk and kind of get to know each other a little bit on the radio show? (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, so we'll we'll be right back. Uh, you guys are listening to the King Yah Speak Show, and uh, right now we have with us the Honorable Lanina Kaysen 
from the city of East St. Love, Illinois, the city of champions. Uh, you just listened to Brother Chester Deans as well. And uh, you had a few other callers on the line, Owens Ill and also James uh, Christensen, I think he said his name was. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back, guys. Thank you so much. 